0: All right, Spags, we are back. It's Tuesday, which means it's time for you and me to go mano-a-mano mano in the Best Ball Mania 4 streets for $3 million.
1: Yeah, minicamp is out. OTA is out. There's no football going on in the real world, but we are still going to draft some teams. $3 million to first place up top in Underdog Fantasy's Best Ball Mania 3. And Pete, you are now safely past the one-third mark of your teams. You are. Uh, what entry number is this for you?
0: Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. going to update our banner. This is number 59. So yeah, last week when we drafted, it was 49 and 50 and today will be 59 and then draft 60. will be immediately following this on the splash play channel.
1: So this worked out well. I'm actually at 60 on the dot heading into this one. So I'm still a little bit ahead of you. There's going to come a point soon where you pull ahead of me, even though you are streaming all of your teams. And I am I feel like I've had the pressure to kind of make sure I'm like, you know, running neck and neck with you. But if you pull ahead by a little bit, I don't know if it's plus EV for me to keep drafting teams off stream.
0: Wait, why Why do you think I would pull ahead? You're going to change your drafting? Uh, if I slow
1: down a little bit, and I have started to slow down a little, like I was at 50-ish for a while. Now I'm at 60. So like, I'm trying to keep it. I want to have 75 done by end of June. So I think we're on pace for that, or you know, as a max. Um, but you're going to soar past, I think, over the next few weeks, especially because, well, you're going to be out the first week of July too, right?
0: Yeah, I probably will not be doing as many drafts that week. I Right now I've been averaging about 10 drafts a week um is pretty much where I've been at and so I think I'm going to try to stay on that pace more or less
1: and you got the six pick here I'm at the back half of the first round picking 12th and of course 13th two tough spots to pick so what are you thinking here Pete seems like a it may shock you to hear oh, a bit of a wide receiver avalanche room
0: yeah uh ooh, Diggs goes here uh head does feel avalanchey let's go ahead though and do uh I'm going to do cmc from six
1: Nice. Okay. So you're, you're swimming into the tide. You are a little turtle lost in the sea right now.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, the truth is, and I've been talking about this with the ship chasing guys a little bit too. And I just don't, I don't necessarily think there's that big of a difference between like some of the wide receivers going in the second round as there is like after the top four wide receivers go off the board. So once Jefferson chase cup, he'll go. I, I feel like it's a pretty flat tier. And so, you know, I could get burned in an avalanche room here, but I'm also uh, don't feel like I'm ever going to get burned taking the best running back in football at
1: 1-6. And even the non-badges in the room, it looks like taking receiver, Garrett Wilson goes to the nine hole. Garrett Wilson uh, quietly becomes safely in the first round every single time out, which I don't know that I would have necessarily expected when we first started drafting in February and March.
0: Yeah. Um. Huh? Shout out to the chat this morning. We do our first draft here on my channel, then head over to the Splash Play channel for our second draft. So make sure you guys are tuning in for our double header. Shout out, Nick. Been a while since he got in a live Splash Play. Tyler wants, can we get some flexing this AM Splash Play P H U C K S. I don't even know what that PH. Is that what that means, Spag? Yeah,
1: that's that's right. Yeah. It's too early in the morning to be blue, to be working blue on this chat. Ooh, look at that flex. How was yeah. your first Father's Day? That was something I actually wanted to ask you over text, but I figured if you didn't talk about it on Best Ball Breakfast yesterday, you might want to talk about it today as a, a ceremonial moment.
0: Yeah, we, it was a nice day. We took uh, April to the beach for the first time. So that was uh, that was fun. It was like a weird thing where it was super rainy on Saturday. So I think a bunch of people just kind of left. And then Sunday, there was like no one at the beach. And so that was uh, a fun time here. Let me make my pick. And then I will figure out how I want to play this. Um, this is avalanche for sure. Um, let's go ahead and just... I'm really not going to like the wide receivers um, here in the early third, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, and grab T Higgins, the last of this wide receiver, and then we're going to like whatever comes back to us running back wise at this next pick. Um, so yeah, so we went to the beat, had some steaks, um, glass of wine, some chocolate cake. It was also uh, Lauren's birthday on uh, on Sunday, so it was a it was a great day.
1: Did you get, you know, did you get the time off things? I feel like when I had uh, my first father's back in the day in 2022, when I had my first father's day, Alex gave me a bunch of like dad coupons. Like, oh, you don't have to watch, bo- watch bottles this morning. You don't have wow. to do like morning duty. Um, did you get anything like that? That's just basically the, every gift the dad wants of, of not doing work to care for their child.
0: Um, I didn't get any coupons. I got a really nice frame of three photos of me with April. And then for my birthday slash Father's Day gift, uh, Lauren got me a couple cases of my favorite wine. So yeah, I got some, got some nice gifts, but no coupons though. I guess I'm, I have to clean bottles on my own still.
1: What's your favorite wine?
0: Uh, it's this vineyard in, uh, that I went to in Healdsburg a while back. It's called Hendry. Um, and they have this Zinfandel slash Primitivo that is just like, my and I'm not even a wine snob. It's just like normally you have a wine, you're like, oh, this is a little too sweet, this whatever. And when I had this wine, I was like, this is literally my exact preferred thing I want when I have a uh, wine. So I almost like exclusively drink that when I'm uh, when I'm at our house.
1: Interesting. I didn't know you were a white yeah. wine guy. I I like red wine. It's not more. white. It's not oh. white. Oh, I thought it was a white zen. Okay, good. Yeah, no, red yeah, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm. I lean red uh, almost exclusively for wine, unless I'm having like fish or something. I'll have a, a glass of white, but I prefer for red wine
1: yeah i'm with you on that i like a full-bodied malbec has always been my kind of thing but um yeah any kind of red can get me going but you're coming up here people talking about mead in the chat so that's the kind of tuesday chatter we're gonna get here but uh, i'm curious to see how you handle this because you're gonna get dk metcalf here so good news you didn't reach uh too much ahead of picks to get him or i guess nobody did really
0: I I don't like DK Metcalf. I think he's probably one of the most overpriced players on the board here. You see 1.9%. I think I know what I'm going to do here. And I was actually just responding to a comment about what I'm going to do. We'll see if Bullhorn lets me. But um, it was talking about the Niners and how it's easy to get Debo and Kittle together because their ADPs are correlated on the end of the board, the the right side of the board. And then it's easy to get CMC and IUK because their ADPs are on the front side of the board. So I have very little uh, Debo and CMC. Um, so I am going to, uh, to get a pairing here of the Debo CMC and see how, uh, how this plays out for me with an early 49ers bet.
1: Yeah, Debo's one of those guys I have not gotten a lot of early in the draft process, I think, because I was just so burdened by him being a guy that really lined up with a lot of good zero RB pockets last year. Uh, but I think you do kind of have to get to Debo a little bit more, especially now uh, Leone put out a tweet because they're doing their you know their weekly adp updates. I guess Auk is starting to steam up again. It seems to be the case every summer. and it does feel like if Auk is gonna come anywhere close, you know to within twenty picks of Debo, uh, Debo probably just a little bit undervalued by how that works.
0: I have not been getting much iuk. What am I at here? Ah, five point six percent, so slightly under, which feels about right. I'm kind of with you in that. I just. He's just slightly expensive, but he is part of that big, flat, wide receiver tier. You are having to decide between where is he going exactly? Yeah, see, Godwin, I have a lot more of, so I end up with him. Um, I guess I would like to have my exposure of him a little closer to like McLaurin in DJ Moore. But this, you can see it's like a flat tier. I mean, I'm pretty similar on a lot of these guys. I think what happened is for a while I was always drafting tight end there. I was drafting Hawkinson and even early Kittle before he started to slip a bit. Um, But yeah, I I think Ayuk is fine. Uh, He's definitely more in that like spike week chasing play, right? Where he's not never going to have like a reliable twenty five percent game target share without an injury. Um, Although he does have some pretty nice contingent upside, right? If like Kittle or Debo got hurt, his role would start to look really nice.
1: And he did make my my BBM final seam over Justin Jefferson's three pointer last year. I'll never I'll never forgive Justin Jefferson for that one, but also never forget Brandon Ayuk being the guy. He and DJ Moore, uh, the two mid tier guys last year, that were important for Week Seventeen. And and Ayuk again, the camp reports are great. Like Debo saying, nobody can cover him in a phone booth, which was the one quote that got spread around. But um, he just looks great in practice again this year. So it comes down to the QB play, and it does seem like people are speculating you are going to take Brock Pur- or you're going to hopefully take Brock Purdy here. One more thing.
0: We shall see. Uh, Although I, man, I think it was my stream with Brick on last Thursday where I was getting all these ADP values. It wasn't one of my piss boy robes, and I just got I got sniped on Purdy. I got sniped on Baker Mayfield. I believe I got sniped on Ritter. It was just the court. So I don't know. I don't take anything uh, for granted uh, with what quarterbacks I'm going to target. I did add on Terry McLaurin if I'm building out a Big Niners bet. Um, I like to grab him there. But Spags, I feel like the audio listeners haven't heard about your team. Give us your your start through four.
1: Yeah, mine is pretty chalky. Started with CD Lamb and Amon Ra at the turn. Uh, CD, I feel like, has been going to the top 10 lately, so I didn't mind taking him at 12. Got Jameer Gibbs, again, taking two picks on the turn again with uh, Mari Cooper. So we'll see if there's any Jets that make sense later on to try to pair with Cooper for the the week 17 of it all. But I feel like Pete, I don't get a lot of the, the kind of chalky Dallas Detroit week 17 correlation. So I guess this first draft will be my time here to pick up maybe some Jared Goff or Dak.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I like that. I want to get more. Um, I want to get it. I don't know if I have, I'll have to check the, uh, the fantasy life best ball hub to see if I have a Gibbs, and Mon Ross St. Brown. I do not know if I have those two on the same team. And I would like to, Ooh. uh, to have some of that. Um, clay, a fan of my start. You love to hear it um brandon Ayuk does go there i didn't i didn't do the uh i guess i could have got the like total 49ers alpha there and reached uh for brandon Ayuk, but we're gonna let that one slide and uh the, probably the biggest slider right now on the board travis Etienne, um falling here um he does finally go 10 picks past adp certainly like etn at that price
1: um uh, so you took McLaurin at 43 um I think he's going to be in the 40s over the summer because he's up already 10 spots since, uh, you know, this more robust draft season. Where people are actually drafting a lot more teams across not just guys like me and Pete and you guys who are watching the stream, but the casual drafters out there we talk about. And if McLaurin's up 10 picks in that span. I don't see what's stopping him from passing. I don't know. Uh, I mean, can he get into the 40s? Can he get into the mid 30s? Because he does feel to me a little bit underpriced throughout this process so far.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think he's never felt like the sexiest player, you know, and I, even the quarterback situation, I mean, there are, we do have a Sam Howell hive of which I consider myself part of, but I don't think there's anything like news-based, you know, that's going to be like, Oh yeah, we're all in on Washington. Even if we get like confirmation, Sam Howell is definitively our starter. I do agree with you. I mean, I like him. I'm just trying to think like what would be a catalyst. Um, I'm pretty stoked to get Burrow here. Um, this deep uh, at 5'6 with T Higgins. I was trying to see why this happened. And it was the Jamar chase drafter took Justin Fields unstacked at 47. And then of course, wanted to grab the ETN value. They could have had ETN and Joe burrow there. Um, if they wanted, I'm guessing that was kind of an interesting play there, but I'll, I'll take burrow stacked with Higgins at that price.
1: Yeah, the room does seem like a good mix here. There, it looks like there are five guys, four guys with, uh, without badges in the room, which sometimes, as Pete's talked about, can uh, be a sign of QB sniping. That's going to be a foot coming up. Uh, but it seems like that guy maybe forgot his his stack there or something like that. The one thing I'll say for McLaurin that could be a positive thing for Washington, I think, is going to come up in the chat. It's just if the enemy's offense is cooking, like if they're looking great in training camp and it's starting to look like a, you know, again, a, a fractional version of what the Chiefs' offense was. I think it's the one thing that people then start to buy in on McLaurin, the hopes that he's, you know, the target one guy who earns a lot there. Um, So I think that's still the one domino that could fall is like Washington getting all those reports and they're like, wow, he looks like Mahomes out there. That's the one thing that hasn't occurred yet that could occur.
0: Yeah. And I think, I guess, to just put a bow on the, and while you make these picks, the Washington ADP discussion, I think there's way more room for Dotson to move up. You know, if you look at how much room he could run as far as, It wouldn't shock me to see Dotson up in this like early 60 range. Whereas, you know, Terry McLaurin, it is part of this flat wide receiver tier, but I guess I could see him like being up in like the Ridley Amari range. That's, that's probably his ceiling though, as far as ADP, I don't think he's going to move up much further than that. So Terry can move up for sure. Four or five spots. That wouldn't shock me, but Dotson feels like he would be the biggest mover of like bullishness on the commander's offense.
1: Yeah, Dotson, and uh, I think it was um, Brett Coleman was talking about it with, uh, I forget, how how do you say his last name? Is it Coleman? Yeah, Coleman, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so he was on a a stream with Hayden the other day talking about uh, his top five fantasy players he can't stop drafting. One of them was Dotson, one of them was also Anthony Richardson, which is why they got my click, Uh, but was talking about Dotson and just his ability to kind of, you know, jump up a tier this year and be a guy that can run a bunch of different routes and do some stuff. So uh, Dotson, a sexy pick too, and I I think, again, kind of fits the thesis of what Kansas City can do, or Washington, again.
0: Um, I'm going to be taking, it's, it's picking which one of my wide receivers I'm already double the field on. I want to take again, we're going to go ahead and grab a uh, Traylon Burks here. It's, which is so funny because it, it's funny seeing your exposures in that. If you would have asked me without looking there, how much Traylon Burks do I have? I would have been like, um, oh, maybe slightly overweight the field, like nine, 10%. And apparently I'm at like double the field there. So, uh, a, a click I like, but this is still such a nice, sweet spot for wide receiver in this range.
1: Traylon also getting some positive uh, mini camp reports of looking like a quote unquote beast out there, Pete. So you're on the right side of history. And Burks, too, is one of those guys. Like, I don't get why London goes so high and Burks doesn't. Um, I kind of feel the same yeah. way about Pickens, too. But, like, uh, to me, like, Burks and London are pretty good one to one comp, just how the offenses work.
0: And that's why it, that's the exact reason I have so little London. I think I was looking at, yeah, 1.9% is like London. London is a similar bet as Burks like very similar in the fact that there you're paying such a premium for London really doesn't make sense. Um so yeah, it's tough because I like Drake London. Like I in a perfect world like if London and Pitts were both going in the 6th round, I'd be like one of London or Pitts at every draft or, or whatever, just hoping that you could nail that one breakout because both of their profiles are so nice, but man, at that London cost when you have these arbitrage very similar bets later, um, it's really tough.
1: Yeah, I agree. And London too, it's just, it's very similar in terms of the Burks and Chig not able to get there at the same time, you know, kind of the same thing last year with London and Pitts when Pitts went out, that was when London started to send a little bit more with Ritter being out there. It's the coffee.
0: I want you to start getting comfortable talking over the poor, you know, it doesn't deserve the, uh, the full limelight here. I was, I was
1: hypnotized by it. It was just so electric that It was hitting the mic just right. Uh, but mm. yeah, I think to me, it, it is very similar for those two teams and, and Burks just undervalued inherently though. I do feel like Burks is one of those guys where he could come up to the Pittman range and I probably wouldn't blink an eye.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't either. He, he feels like an obvious, uh, riser as well. Trying to see what we want to do at this stage of the draft. No huge ADP fallers. Um, I've been enjoying punting, uh, tight end a little bit. I was going to take Damian Pierce if he fell. He's been a guy I've been wanting to get a little bit more of. He goes here. I think we just go back to the wide receiver well. I've been trying to boost up um, consciously my Elijah Moore exposure here, and so I'm going to keep doing that as we enter what I like to call the wide receiver purgatory range of the draft, where it's like you can squint and tell yourself a story that Cooks, Moore, Bateman, Zay, Thomas, Sutton deserve to be higher, but – I'm now starting to feel the window even inch up further when it's like once Dotson and Gabe Davis and Pickens and Quentin Johnston are off the board, then I start to feel even more squirmish about these picks.
1: I just can't believe we're back here with Elijah Moore. Like I know it's an 18- I can't either. But he was one of those guys last year that I really thought had a chance to make a jump. And then the market kind of got ahead of it a little bit more and I didn't want to be there quite as much. And now we're in the exact same situation, except that all the athletic reports are looking great. Everything that's coming from the beat reporters or how great he's looking again with no Cooper out there. uh, So not quite the full volume of what you're expecting. uh, We'll go to the overall passing offense, but I just feel like more like I'm with you. I don't want to have none of him at the same token, and this range, like he does stand out like a guy that, oh, he could absolutely kill you if he just doesn't get the work that everybody's expecting.
0: Yeah. You know, I think it's, I, I kind of like the idea. I, I have, I don't have much Amari and I don't have much Chubb and I don't have much Watson either. I am pretty solid on Najoku. I think I'm just enjoying playing this Browns offense through the cheaper pieces. Now Uh, have a decent amount of Jerome Ford, Elijah Moore, Najoku, I think that's going to be kind of the way I I play it this year.
1: Yeah. I was hoping DeAndre Andre Swift was going to fall to me, but that doesn't work out. So I'll take Pacheco instead. Truly really doesn't do a lot for me here. Um, and yeah, this is a not great tier for me. Uh, I don't want cook at all. At this point, I'm not buying any of the headlines Watson with Amari. Yeah. I think that's the move. It's just like, I have so many stacks open right now and Taking the QB now will then box me out of you know one of uh Detroit or Seattle. But yeah, Watson at 85 feels pretty okay.
0: Yeah, I will say you do like G, like if I have him on Ross St. Brown, I find it fairly easy to get golf. Gino will go all over the place, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the Walker drafter will take him, the DK drafter will take him. He's less of a lock. Um, so like in that spot when you're picking at the turn you know, I never feel fully confident he's coming back. So I I don't mind getting your, your first quarterback there.
1: Yeah. I think Watson works and I certainly have enough uh, QBs in this range. So Watson getting, getting the shares in that I would like to get for myself, especially with Amari Cooper. Uh, What are you going to be doing here after glitch? It feels like you got some directions to go. You got a lot of optionality with how you built your team.
0: Yeah. geez, And I've never, I God, I hate these uh, picks available here. Um, oh what do we want to do no tight ends i like um i don't feel compelled to take any of these wide receivers here um i guess i could just dance around and grab a running back i really like um i've been taking my foot off the gas a little bit with javante williams and keeping my foot firmly on the gas with uh james uh cook there Uh, so yeah, I didn't, I did not feel good about any picks here. Um, there was nothing that was jumping out to me. So I just took my favorite running back in this range.
1: Yeah. I have a lot of Javante too, just because of where he falls. And I think he's probably the one guy in this range that if things had worked out better for him, injury wise last year, he'd probably be, you know, in that Brees hall range this year. Um, where am I at on Javante? Cause I have 13% Javante, which actually pretty reasonable. The, um, my
0: thing with Javante is. I feel like cheaper Javante is coming, you know, and I do think Samaje P. Ryan is going to flip him at, at some point. And so that's the only thing that I'm just trying to be a little more price conscious on him. Um, whereas like the James cook ADP, I, I don't feel like um, that one is going to ever get much cheaper.
1: Were there any final week of mini camp slash, you know, like, were there any things that stood out to you? Because there were some some Pittsburgh Steelers headlines out there. I was certainly hoping somebody was going to tout Pickens a little bit more Instead, allen Alan Robinson gets the shine in the athletic articles about how well he's doing. Uh, but was there any last minute news for, I guess, this last first year before there isn't any news for a month uh, that stood out to you?
0: I mean, you know, the one that I was uh looking at a lot was the Raven stuff with Rashad yeah. Bateman in the cortisone shot and you know I think you can read it um either way I don't think the shot itself um is necessarily super concerning but I do think it just points to he's still rehabbing from this list Frank and he's very susceptible I think to re-injury so I've kind of done a little personal flippening of Zay Flowers over Bateman um, for now, just kind of in my Baltimore stacks or when I'm grabbing the end of it. And you see, that's exactly how it went in this draft. I still think they're very close, but I am going to tilt stuff there. Um, you know, I've been looking, I, I think for fantasy life, I'm going to make a couple videos about some of these positional ADP battles. The other one I was looking at was Rashi Rice and Sky Moore, um, who are going in a very similar range, Sky Moore been getting a lot of hype from Andy Reed saying he's making the jump, um, you know, yesterday on my draft, I took two of the Chiefs' wide receivers super late. Um, Justin Ross and Richie James. But I do think if I'm grabbing anyone in that mid-range, like my preferred target would be Sky right now. Um, just trying to read the tea leaves a bit.
1: Yeah. And again, he was the guy working with the starters in that first little burst of camp. So uh, Scott assume that'll hold up into July. And you know, and again, Canarias Tony out there as well, though obviously a little more expensive than. Uh, sky more sky going next to rashi rice i think is going to look pretty good for sky by the time the season starts um but yeah i feel like there wasn't anything that jumped out i've been re- waiting for more athletic articles to come out obviously the richardson part of it people missed on friday did finally get to draft richardson on one of the spag stacks videos so that felt pretty good but it does feel like no no concrete things there for him starting but let's see what pete picks here
0: yeah let's see here this would be a fu- if i had gotten sniped on burrow I would definitely take Richardson here, but I've I have multiple outs toward to late, um, to late. uh, Why can't I talk quarterbacks? Um, with the Purdy, with the Howell. Um, I was going to take Njoku to basically have that Cleveland stack without Watson. He goes here. So I will grab another one. I'm just playing my hits at running back. James Cook, Zach Charbonnet, my, probably my two favorite running back selections in this, what pick 90 to, to one Oh five range. And, um, I guess I could have like reached for an Antonio Gibson or something. He comes off the board, really build out that San Francisco, Washington, but just grabbing my guys, I guess.
1: And another one of those drafts, too, where perhaps we have a better chance to advance because we are competing for some of the same teams. Because I was I was hoping Charbonnet would fall, but I don't think if you took him, it's like somebody else is going to take him before I got back up.
0: Yeah, I feel I feel like the band of Charbonnet's ADP is very tight. I feel like he goes between 100 and 105 in basically every draft. No one ever reaches crazy for him, but no one's ever like, ew, I don't want Zach Charbonnet.
1: It's Holy cow, is
0: Dobbs. This Dobbs rise, uh, Sean had hyped him up on my last Wednesday, and now I'm seeing him go in a ton of drafts really early.
1: He's fine. I don't I don't get that as much. Two at 107 has got to feel pretty good for that guy. Um, all right, I'm on the clock here. It's not a big well, – I guess it's an okay enough value for Dak that it kind of feels like I could take him as well. But obviously, Goff will be coming up some point later on. Um, I'm going to take Pirine with my first pick. Just get a little better at running back here. Receiver Juju coming off the knee stuff has been spooking me a little bit lately. I think his ADP is gonna drop until July. Um uh, I'm gonna reach here, not take any QBs and see what comes back to me. Could take Damian Harris. So four running backs now, five receivers. And I feel pretty good at these positions. I, I definitely could have taken a QB there, Pete, but so many on the board. I feel like somebody good's gonna come back my way.
0: Yeah, and I mean your your draft is why like the the pockets of the draft board this year just line up so well for zero RB. I guess you could say you did kind of modified there with Gibbs, um, but still getting your, what'd you get? Five wide receivers or six? Yeah. Five. five. Yeah. You and I both threw five um, here. Uh, let's see. I guess Gino was there if you wanted to reach and he's not going to come back for you. Um, let's see.
1: Because either he's going to fall a lot, like either Gino will fall or I'll get goth at what the ADP is correct. I think either of those would be fun for me with how I've built.
0: Yeah. Man. Let's see here. I might just do a gross. I I have so much Taequann Thornton. I have so little Juju. Um, Juju with my little uh, James Cook here. I don't have a ton of other backdoor stack options. You know, in a perfect world, uh, Tyler Boyd would have came back to me. Here I could have double stacked, but knowing like that, I'm probably going to be on Niners and um, commanders. Like this is what I was talking about this on, um, on best ball breakfast, how there's some teams like the giants and the chiefs that make it really easy to round out the rest of your wide receiver room late in drafts. But I can already tell like the teams I'm going heavy on, like the Bengals, they all dry up. I've already cornered the market on Niners. So I don't actually have a lot of wide receivers that make sense in a correlated fashion so i'm going to go ahead and use this opportunity to get a dusty juju share
1: i don't think Juju's dusty it's just like so apparently last year the chiefs were managing his knee throughout the home stretch of that season and also he didn't participate in otas or minicamp for that same reason this year obviously that could be airing on the side of caution because they are giving him at least a good amount of money for this year um, but the Juju part that just worries me is a, so the knee is not great. B, he hasn't been out there with his teammates. They're installing a new offense with this bill O'Brien offense. It's going to hopefully make everybody at least average, which they were not last year with Matt Patricia. But then the C part of it too, is just like, you know, if they do sign Deandre Hopkins, everybody in that offense has to come down a bit. Um, so that's where I think Juju does run into some risk, but like, do you, where do you think Hopkins is going to new England? Cause that's the one I thought made sense with the Titans too. Like, it just seems like it's going to win those, those ugly teams
0: i just i have not understood this whole deandre hopkins tour whatsoever like the when he was entertaining the texans and the patriots it makes no sense why would you want to go play outdoors in the cold with a mediocre to bad quarterback in one of the toughest divisions in football to round out your career like makes zero sense to me um also with the history of a coach that you didn't have the best relationship with in bill o'brien i i mean i don't know it makes no sense to me although it's still probably Uh, the smart money Uh, chat. I know Juju is dust. Uh, It's why I have 1.9% of him and 25% of Taequann Thornton. Um, Let's see here. Spags, maybe your Gino dream will come back to you here. You do have Gino and Goff still on the board. Um, Is there any running backs I want to do here? Um, Man, this is kind of, we could do, you know what? I kind of like doing this sometimes when I have a Berkshire Um, this is what I was going to kind of do with Najoku and Elijah Moore. We'll do the Chig in Traylon Burks. Chig, a guy I don't have a lot of, I think it just said 2% there. Um, but I'll make a bet on, uh, the Tennessee offense in this draft.
1: (laughs) What, what a great bet to make. If you could buy it on anybody, buy it on Tennessee.
0: Bet talent, grab talented players. The rest will work itself out.
1: Do you see the report? That was another interesting report, actually, which is gonna have relevance for you today. That Malik Willis has apparently flipping uh, Will Levis in the depth chart for now. And Levis has looked apparently egregiously bad in what they've what they've put out there so far, at least.
0: Yeah. I have uh, I've been, it was basically, I think since Thursday. I've been off Twitter. I haven't read a single news blurb. I get all of my news from the chat. They just synthesize it all for me. Uh, and that's and that's how I get it.
1: Of course, this guy takes Gino for his correlation with nothing. Oh, <laughs> Jalen Warren nice. goes the pick before that. So great. Okay.
0: That it man spags. That would have been such a smash. Gino at 132 with a double. God, that hurts. Gino
1: and Warren there would have been very nice. Warren getting some nice camp reports for the Steelers as well. Um, Kendra Miller. Ugh, I think I need to take a receiver here. I'll take Rondale Moore, not a guy who fills me with joy or anything, but this is a cheap price tag for him, especially with the ETR ranks pushing him up. But fuck, man. G- Gino and Warren would have made that a very nice turn. I would have felt very good about it. Instead,
0: I get the consolation prize. Um, I'm trying to figure out. So this this user here, we got a red badge, took Tua and Gino both on snack. Both Both good values for sure. But man, this is one of those things like where you're really weighing it in a room. Like he'll like for your advance rate stuff, probably very strong boosting his advance rate, but a team is just likely dead um in the playoffs here. Um, yeah,
1: I don't love it. Not a not a red badge move.
0: Let's see here. Um, what running backs? Russell Wilson. Uh I'm good on. Right. <laughs> hmm. I guess we'll just grab Tank here. Um feels like a running back pick. Man, this is a lot of my drafts I feel like either the ADP value or the correlation play just jumps out at me. This draft has felt like really choose your own adventure at multiple of these uh selections here.
1: Yeah, I don't hate my team. I think it could have been if a couple things broke better for me. I think this would have been a powerhouse team in this room. Um, instead, yeah. I just feel like the team is just kind of like you know, like a 60th percentile team, 70th percentile team for me.
0: Uh, catching up on the chat, uh some of you guys are uh just completely out of pocket uh today. But uh Kitchen will be so proud of these Titans picks. He will, although on the Swolecast, Kitchen never drafts uh these Titans. He's out on Henry. I guess he's in on Tajay Spears, which that's just uh a bizarre twist. Uh DFS, thank you. I work overnight, and your content helps me get through the night with my draft. So I figured it's my way of giving back. Thank you for becoming a YouTube member. Appreciate you DFS 28.
1: Of course, make sure to subscribe to peach channel. He forgets to do it here, but he's on the March to 15,000 subs. And uh, before you two now, if you do go to another, you know, go go to your job or whatever, make sure to subscribe to peach channel here because uh, you're now like pretty much like a thousand away almost.
0: Yeah. I was actually just going to pull it up. I think we're getting close to being a thousand away close to 1400. We're at 13,930 right now. So um, 70 away from 14 K and 1070 away from our giveaway, which I will be doing when we hit 15 K every time on one of my draft streams, you leave a comment after the show that'll get you entry into the drawing. So the more video streams, you leave comments on the better your chances of winning one of the three $500 prizes. And I'll do that drawing shortly after hitting 15 K subs.
1: Also, interesting little chat here from Lina Scrimmage, who's one of the top finishers in last year's BBM, but a reminder for the people out there who are hopping into these streets that just because you see a badge out there, you know, they might have their badge from drafting in other sports or doing, um, you know, their their thousand drafts somewhere else. So something to keep in mind there that just because you see a badge in a room doesn't mean they're going to be a great sharp drafter, as we saw with uh, perhaps some unwise sniping by Jay Napoli here in the eleven hole.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I am just going to grab Irv here. Uh, I like getting to the double stacks with, uh, with Burrow. So we're going to do that. Although the bi-week bros are going to come after me two week sevens. Um, what was I just going to say to your point? Oh, on the badge thing. Yeah. And the other thing about the badge bro is badge bros. When you do a ton of drafts, the more drafts you do, the more you find yourself enjoying ADP value because, when you do drafts, you start to be like, okay, this guy's normally here for me. And then you start to get excited. You're like, holy cow, this guy is available to me. 16 picks later, he's never here. So I do say Badge Bruce, Badge Bruce, uh, that should, you guys should do a coffee line.
1: <laughs> the Badge Bros need to do a partnership
0: immediately. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, I do find that they tend to be value hounds. So it makes sense. Although now this three quarterback build, I'm done defending Napoli here. Uh, <laughs> the, the, but he finally does get his stack with Jordan Love. This is where I just prefer to practice patience with it, right? Because I did have a couple of quarterbacks I liked, but when I know how I'm building a team as far as what I can do late with my other quarterback options, how I want to devote my draft capital that I've already spent with Joe Burrow. um, I'm trying to think through how can I build the strongest team for the playoffs? Napoli here is trying to build the strongest team for weeks one through 14. And that's what makes this fun because if we were all building the exact same way, like sometimes happens on my piss boy streams. Um, it's not as fun.
1: Yeah. And that's why when we get these weird rooms, like Pete and I, I think we're both going to hold in reverence that four for four stream we did with Dale a couple of weeks ago because <laughs> it was just such outside of our normal uh, drafting approach there in terms of how everybody else is doing things. Uh, when you get one of these rooms that people are doing something weird or different, uh, it's always a way to take advantage of it as long as you're kind of paying attention and um, see, see what Pete can do here to take advantage.
0: Yeah, um, I think I'm going to grab your boy here. 11 picks past ADP. This is probably my last running back selection. CMC here... Algier yeah let's go ahead and do Algier um definitely in on Algier at that price so let's Spags, let's recap our teams here for the audio listeners who we have been uh forgetting here I'm at a one five six two build I got Joe Burrow at quarterback my running back CMC James Cook Zach Charbonnet Tank Bigsby Tyler Algier my wide receivers T Higgins Debo Samuel Terry McLaurin Traylon Burks Elijah Moore Juju Smith Schuster tight ends Chigakonkwo and Irv Smith what are you working with Spags
1: I'm at a two, five, six, one at QB, Deshaun Watson and Jared Goff. Running back, Jameer Gibbs, Isaiah Pacheco, Samaje Pirine, Damian Harris, and Jerome Ford. At receiver, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, Amari Cooper, JSN, and Tyler Lockett, along with Rondale Moore. And a tight end, my first tight end goes here at pick 157, taking Sam Laporta for the Jared Goff correlation, but uh, probably a three tight end build for me today. We'll see what we do here at the, the home stretch.
0: I feel like you have uh, recovered nicely. I was. Curious to see if you would have gone, I mean, Jerome Ford kind of checks that box too. Um, if you would have gone Donovan Peoples-Jones mm-hmm. to get that double stack uh, with Deshaun Watson, but you're still making a similar bet there.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about it. I was trying to figure out who was going to be more likely to fall between Laporte or DPJ or who's more important, I guess, to me if they if they didn't fall. I think Laporte is a little more important to complete this Detroit triple, uh, but DPJ certainly, you know, if he were to fall a lot further. I wouldn't mind taking him, but we'll see. People like DPJ sometimes on unstacked.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to look at the board here a little bit. Um, Tanner took Curtis Samuel last round. He was going to be on my radar here to give me another out if I wanted to double with Howell. Um, DPJ here, though, sliding, is interesting to me, but... I, pr- I probably think I'm not going to risk it at quarterback. I think is is going to be how I play this here. Um, I think just ADP wise, Purdy's at 184. I pick at 187. Knowing that Napoli is liable to snipe up any quarterback, even remotely near ADP, I think I will just get my my quarterback here and make sure I'm not tilting this too heavily. So Brock Purdy, come on down. We have CMC. We have Debo. Uh, let's get our guy.
1: So, so I think you and we've talked about this a little bit on stream, but Brock Purdy, we're both assuming I think we'll end up starting pretty soon after the season starts. If not, he's if not ready for week one. What happens to Trey Lance? Like, is he on the team the entire year? Does he get traded before the trade deadline? Like because wh- that both I can't stand. Like he can't just be a backup for the entire year, I would think.
0: Yeah, it's tough. My guess is there's what a big discrepancy between what the Niners would want in return for him and what the market is willing to pay. Um, I do wonder the thing that's interesting about him, right? He's not like a Jimmy Garoppolo type where a contending team who say has an injury is like, oh, let's just plug and play. Let's trade something and just keep this offense afloat. Like Trey Lance has a ton of associated risk with him. I assume a team would like want him in the system throughout training camp, throughout preseason to eval. So he doesn't seem like, like a trade candidate for a team who's actually making a push. He'd be more of a rebuilding one, you know, where I, everyone had floated the Titans, I think, as being one, but then they go and draft Will Levis. I mean, maybe a team like the Cardinals, right? Like Maybe if they're like, you know, what's going on with Kyler? We don't like uh, Clayton Toon, Colt McCoy's hurt. So I, I really don't know the paths for Trey Lance being relevant this year. Um, it's probably staying on the Niners. It's probably Brock Purdy not being ready week one and Sam Darnold being so bad. Like that's still probably his best chance or Purdy getting a hurt again um, is probably his only chance of, of seeing the field.
1: Yeah. I think that makes sense. Him hanging on somehow Purdy having a delay in the recovery or he gets out there and it hurts the elbow again. Um, that does seem right. It still feels like he gets traded somewhere, but the Titans thing that's been, he's been connected to for so long, they have Levis now. And if Willis is looking okay, maybe they're happy to trot him back out there as well. Um, but also I took DPJ or DPJ fell to the 180 spot DPJ and Tyler Conklin are my picks here. So, I got a little value back, Pete, after getting screwed by uh, what by one drafter in particular throughout this process.
0: Yeah, that was a nice pick. I I, w- I wanted to consider him, but seeing that Sam Howell went at 178, I am glad that I didn't do that. I think I am going to get to a six running back build here. Um, although, let me just check the wide receivers. There is some stuff here. You know what? Actually, no. Uh, let's grab Khalil Shakur. Um, I need a couple more wide receivers. I have a little Buffalo, New England bet here with James Cook. He's been a guy, him, I've been talking about this on Best Ball Breakfast, playing the Chiefs team through some of the cheapest players and playing the Bills passing game. I really like Knox, I like Shakir, I like Deontay Hardy. So I'm going to keep playing that angle here and add Shakir as my uh, seventh wide receiver.
1: Khalil Shakir looking pretty good in camp as well, though it seems like not good enough to take a leap up. The wide receiver three, you look the best, who so we've talked about a little bit uh, for Buffalo so far, has been Trent Sherfield. Apparently a good rapport with Josh Allen, though, uh, we'll see if he can actually earn a roster spot because it does feel like they invested enough in Deontay Hardy as well. as Shakir uh, might be tough for him to stick on there, but I have no issue with Shakir. I do think Dalton Kincaid, Pete, I know we've talked about the ADP being a tough one. He was out there all, really early on building rapport with Josh Allen in the first team. And I think that's a positive for Kincaid. And I still think most likely outcome is he's the true wide receiver three for the team, even if it's not as high of a volume upside as like people are treating it like it.
0: For Kincaid.
1: Yeah, like I think Kincaid people are too excited for, but I think he is like the functional wide receiver three and and maybe two if Gabe gets a little bit weird.
0: The other thing that's interesting, and I got to give a shout out, uh, Ben Gretsch and Mike Leone are starting their projection pod series over on the Establish the Edge. They do that annually. It's a really good exercise if you're like super in the weeds on ADP and structural drafting, like then kind of getting in the mode of actually how our projections sausage getting made. And one thing Ben highlighted, too, is that Khalil Shakur actually ran a decent amount of routes out of the slot last year. Um, and it is kind of interesting to know how they'll use Kincaid. Like, is it going to be more two tight end sets or are they just going to push Kincaid out as like a glorified slot receiver? That's what makes the bill's offense. So interesting is I think there is so many unknowns with how they use Kincaid, but again, you have to be a lot more right with Kincaid's price than you do Shakir's price. And, you know, in three wide receiver sets, um, you know, I guess you can still make the case for Hardy, but Shakir played well. Um, when he got on the field last year, I feel like there's just a couple outs to him hitting. So I like, uh, Shakir, but I, I understand, um, having some hesitation for sure. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, you know what we're going to do? I have this big, um, I have this big Cincinnati stack and no Casey bring Brack. I keep talking about my, my favorites here. Shakur, let's, let's go ahead and, uh, and bring uh, Justin Ross back as well.
1: <laughs> He's one of your favorites now, huh? He's made that, that grouping.
0: No, all of my, I, I've just, I talked about a lot on best ball breakfast. I'm, I'm now playing these chiefs and bills offenses through the cheapest pieces. And I want to bring back for this Cincinnati game. Um, I don't know who's left. La- I, I like Richie James too. I could have taken him, but, the rest of the chiefs are all gone. So Justin Ross is the next best.
1: Yeah. I need to take a tight end with one of my picks here. And I'm not sure there's anybody who stands out as being, being that appealing to me at this point. Um, Are you, you're Ferguson over Schoenmacher, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what level of confidence should be applied to that, but Ferguson seems like the better bet to me.
1: Ferguson was okay last year. Schumacher was good in college and played at a better college. I'm going to take Izzy Kanda Ab- with my first pick here. So Ooh. just increasing that that Cleveland Jets bet that is apparently an important part of this team. And I don't know. I I think I like Schumacher more. Am I taking Ferguson at all? I don't think I'm taking Ferguson. So I'm going to take I'm going to take Ferguson in this one. My team is correlated. I like it was a weird pathway to it. Would have liked to have gotten a Pittsburgh guy somewhere in the mix, but I've got Cleveland Jets. I've got Dallas Detroit. So I did what I was kind of like, what the table gave me here. And I feel pretty okay about that.
0: Put it on our tombstones. My team was correlated. Here <laughs> lies Pete and Spags with a negative 150% ROI of best ballvadia Four. Our teams were correlated.
1: I, I do think that's the one thing, Pete, and I know I'm sure you get a lot of screenshots here. You see them on the deposit kingdom discord and all that. That's the one thing that even good drafts and even people who I think are drafting with all the best info and listening to the, to this show and ETR and everything out there, they sometimes don't week 17 correlate. So I still think that's the one that I'm always trying to tack on.
0: Yeah. I'm i uh, I'm also rounding out some of my correlations here. I think I'm going to build out this, uh, this bills, new England game. Um, Yeah, my team's fairly correlated as well. We got the San Francisco, Brock Purdy, CMC, Debo with McLaurin on the bringback. We got the Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, uh, Irv Smith with Justin Ross on the bringback. We got the four-stack from Buffalo in New England with Shakir and James Cook, as well as Juju and Hunter Henry. We got a bet on the Titans with Chig and Traylon Burks. I guess my only uncorrelated piece is Elijah Moore, one-off. Uh, Tank Bigsby one-off, Charbonnet, and Algier. So some of the running backs. But yeah, uh, I like how this team shook out.
1: Was there any con- uh, consideration for you to go to a third QB instead of a third tight end?
0: If Sam Howell was available, um, I would have considered it. Um, I guess the chat was uh, hoping that I would get another Tannehill share. I actually haven't updated my exposures here because I took him on the uh, the Lulz, uh stream last week when I got shut out. But I think Howell would have been close. Um but I feel fine with Burrow and Purdy and then Chig and Irv as a tight end room. uh, Even bye week stuff aside feels pretty weak as a two tight end room.
1: Also, here's a question here before we head over to the splash play channel, of course, a double header will go on so go over to at splash play pod or stick on this YouTube channel and you'll get redirected. The second we end here, but Pete, of course, for your $11 monthly perks, uh, I'd like to learn how to get the tools. What's the advice here for somebody who wants to get in the mix here as we are in the, the, the relaxing part of draft season, I suppose.
0: Uh, First of all, I should say, I don't believe anything is $11, Uh, but I do uh, appreciate you becoming a YouTube member. Um, So as far as getting in the discord, so there's the deposit kingdom discord. We got all kinds of channels in there. And once you go in there in the FAQ, it. It describes how to sync your YouTube and Discord account. Once you sync that, you'll unlock some of those private channels that'll get you the randomizer, the best ball value hounds, which is where on Mondays I tip off entering my drafts. Um, And then as far as, you know, tools, the ones I use on the show, you know, I've been mentioning the fantasy life best ball hub for reviewing exposures. That's entirely free. Um, You can check that out. I'm using the, uh, the draft caddy to show my exposures on here. That is uh, unfortunately not part of the YouTube membership. That is my buddy Brian's site. Uh, it's the draftcaddy.com. If you want to get that, um, I believe it's $29 a month and you can basically select whatever overall stuff you want, but um happy to help you out. If you have um, any other questions um, feel free to at me on Twitter or in discord and I'll get you squared away.
1: And the Posit kingdom, of course, a great place. Everybody talking in there, the splash play channel, always fun for me to hop in, but the ship chasing room, popping off the best ball rooms, the DFS rooms are all there for you. So go check that out. Follow Pete at Peter over Follow me at Chris bags, follow the show at splash play pod. And Pete, what's the show schedule coming up here? When's your next draft? Besides of course, our double header on the splash play channel coming up in a moment.
0: Yeah, we're going to do, uh, I'm trying to remember my Tuesday schedule. We're about to draft, uh, over on splash play. Then I will have my, uh, Office hours uh, in the Fantasy Life Discord at 3:30, and then on the club today, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little hoops. Uh, we're gonna have Drew Dinkmeyer uh, from ETR on, noted Jokic and Nuggets fan, talk a little bit about how the NBA Finals wrapped up. And Dink, low key in these best ball streets, have been battling uh, in a slow bulldog, the $500 draft on underdog with him. So we'll talk a little best ball, a little hoops, and then I'll be back as always tomorrow at 10 a.m. for another best ball breakfast double header with Sean Siegel. And Pat Corrane, so that's uh that's my schedule. And uh, let people know Spags too, because obviously people come watch our draft after this. How've your How've your Friday stack streams been going? I saw the other day you got your beloved uh, Colt stack, and the joy it brought you is just unparalleled.
1: Yeah, no, that was, and that was a completely genuine reaction. You could see my, my happiness getting the wheel to come up for Colts, but yes, every Friday doing a double header of spag stacks where I will spin the wheel and draft the the NFL team that comes up on the wheel. So I have no choice there every single week. The second draft Pete goes poorly for me, ends up getting sniped on everything ends up being the one that's not fun, but the first draft has been very clean. So I would encourage you guys to check those out. If you need some more best ball content in your life, a great way to spend a Friday here in the summer, Pete, but I think we have to go do our time shift. So let's hit the out. For speed hit it well, nice. I was free. just gonna
0: say two, real quick, two things. Yeah. One for quick call when you got the Colt stack, where did what pick did you take a Richardson at to make sure you got him?
1: I got him as a value, so I didn't reach. He did. yeah. wow. There was a risk profile that I could have had to take Minshew in the 18th, but I felt like the room was aligning well. Uh, lots of badge names that I knew, so I figured that there wasn't going to be anybody reaching to ruin it. Um, Casey, our guy who's always in the chat, uh, made me sweat it a little bit, but no, he fell nicely, and that was one of the cleaner cold stacks I've built. So you can build good teams on stream, guys. It might seem like we can't based on how many times it happens on here when we're doing these shows, but it was a real clean team.
0: It was. Um, I'm excited to check that out. Why don't we do a quick recap for the audio listeners? Because Spags, we are posting these back to back uh, drafts on the Splash Play audio feed. I remember to service the audio listeners on Best Ball Breakfast. Sometimes Spags and I don't do a great job servicing them. I do feel like the teams uh, need a little bow there. We talked about our teams being correlated, but did you do a full rundown of your team?
1: Um, I'll, I'll go into it now. So at QB again, Watson and Goff as my guys here. Both of them at a little bit of a value. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Isaiah Pacheco, Samaje Perine, Damian Harris, Jerome Ford, and Izzy Abaniconda at running back. At wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Amari Cooper, J.S.N. and Tyler Lockett. Did not get to stack those guys. Rondale Moore and D.P.J. at a pretty big discount. And a tight end, certainly my thinnest grouping here: Laporta, Conklin, and Ferguson. But if you're going to go three tight ends, I think that's the way you do it.
0: I, I don't even, yeah, I think this is a, a nice three tight end team. I actually posted a short uh, from Karain last week where he was talking about how Laporte is kind of the perfect pick for either a two tight end or a three tight end build, just making sure in both of those scenarios, you're getting access to some late season upside, which he certainly uh, offers here. And yeah, you did, um, I think wide receiver wise too, getting those five in the first 60. And then the fact that you were able to get uh DPJ correlated at such an extreme value is really, really nice there. Um, so that worked out for you. And then just to do a quick uh, final recap on mine, have a two, five, eight, three got Joe burrow, uh, 10 picks past ADP, which was nice. So I have a burrow purdy team running back uh, five build here. CMC anchor, James cook, Zach Charbonnet tank, Bigsby, Tyler Algier, wide receivers, Higgins, Debo, McLaurin, Traylon Burks, Elijah Moore, Juju, Khalil Shakur, Justin Ross, tight end, Chig, Irv, Hunter, Henry, feel good about this team. Um, A lot of the picks felt like just do whatever. They weren't super obvious, but in the macro, I like how it turned out.
1: Yeah, I'll be marking this team with an X Indicate there. It's one I expect big Ooh. things to come this Best Mania 4 season. The Pete, we're going to draft another team here, and that one I'm sure will uh, will be worse for us. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, I got the link down below, uh, and I, I don't know if I have it pinned in the chat this time, but the link's definitely down below. Head over to the Splash Play channel or just refresh your screen. It'll immediately pop up. Spags and I will see you over there in approximately 30 seconds. Peace. We are back for part two of our weekly Tuesday double header. We just wrapped up a Best Ball Mania four team for three million dollars on my channel, and now we're going to battle it out here in the Splash Play streets.
1: Yeah, the second draft, if you guys have seen our streams of the last few months, the second draft is where things can get weird. But we are waiting in a Best Ball Mania four room right now. I think I shared the. the oh, he screen?
0: shared he shared windows. See, some of those Excel tabs. Ooh, oh no, RV. I've embarrassed it's myself
1: fast. and my family. Okay. We're back. There we go. Nice clean window here. This is Pete's draft number 60. So you're making good pace here. 10 drafts for you in a week. Um, we got some familiar names here in the chat. As you can see uh, some red badges, a good mix here. Some random guys, Sam duel in the room is a fun name. I've not seen before um, line of scrimmage. One of the top finishers last year. So this should be a good draft room, Pete, maybe one where we can push some QB values.
0: Uh, there you go. Spags influencer. 101 must be nice. Must be real nice.
1: What what should I do here, Pete? Who do you think I should take? Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase? Should I reach for Christian McCaffrey at the 101?
0: Knowing you, I feel like you're the kind of guy who takes Jamar Chase just so you can have an excuse to take Patrick Mahomes at, uh, at 212.
1: No, no. I get every time I can get a Justin Jefferson share, that is one thing where we talked a lot last summer about the idea of him potentially being a 2,000-yard receiver. He got pretty close to that. Uh, This year, Pete, I think there's an even better shot of it uh, for him to get there. So now Jefferson is my guy at the 101. And I think, you know, I've said it before. I think there's a bit of a chasm between him at 101 and Chase at
0: 101. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'd use the word chasm, but I definitely think if you're doing tiers, it is like a 1A, 1B. Like they're not, you know, directly uh, on the same playing field here. Um, Geez, am I going to do another... Another uh, draft with CMC, uh, I guess so. Um, I, I mean, part of me, sometimes I just get bored and want to do something different. Um, but yeah, we're just going to take CMC again. The I really CMC feel day. your thought process going with the pen you were clicking there. I really- <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I just assumed that I was going to get uh, Cooper Cup in that draft. Um, but... This is truly a friends and family draft. Chipsy and TM Longacre. TM Longacre probably in contention for being in the most in most of my drafts here as well. And Alex Berg also loves uh, being in my draft. So this is a, a very friends and family draft. So I should have known that no wide receivers would be there for me.
1: Alex sometimes will go the other way, though, because he's also in a lot of our stream drafts, as Pete mentioned. He'll sometimes take the running backs early and try to at least get different there. So I think there's a chance he might not play into the avalanche, but... Um, we'll see, because it's going to depend what Sam Duell and, and Trey Quell do here, and he'd Travis Kelsey, so could be a lot of receivers going.
0: Yeah. The thing is, is still in these rooms is, you know, you'll see, like, you're not going to see Austin Eckler and Bijan fall, like, back around to you in the late second. Um, you know, the, the slides are still relatively small, things considered. And Alex Berg here takes Eckler. Also add before the stream.
1: Wanna pee like a
0: teenager <laughs> again?
1: <laughs> he, well sorry. Poor Monty, I guess, having tough times peeing like a teenager these days. Love it.
0: Um, you do have to work on your uh your stream. You know, it's uh you gotta piss in the draft room and you gotta have a good stream outside of the draft room too, especially if you're drinking all this coffee. Do I have a coffee pour for the splash plate peeps? I think I have one more left, Spag. Ooh.
1: Ah, you're pouring like a teenager. That sounds I, like teen urine.
0: <laughs> I I didn't uh, I didn't think there was uh, that much in there. We really we uh, really had it going.
1: How many cups a day do you do?
0: Um, it's probably four four cups. Basically, Lauren and I Lauren will ha- has the pot early in the morning, and then when I come down here to do shows, I I take it down here with me.
1: I realized I think that we got the same coffee machine that I got for Alex at some point because she wanted one of the automatic ones that you could set up that has like the grinder
0: on top. I think you have the same one, right? We don't use that grinder, though, just because it's Uh, like a pain in the ass to clean. We have a separate grinder. Um, But, yeah, we do probably have the same one.
1: Yeah, because that is one of the pros for anybody out there, especially if you have a child, apparently. A lot of people Mm. doing that. Has your coffee intake gone up with with April?
0: You know, I don't think it really has. Honestly, it might have gone down because, like, this morning's an answer. Like, I took her on a long walk uh, this morning. And for whatever reason, I just have this quirk. I do not like coffee to go. I don't mind an iced coffee to go. I don't like hot coffee in a travel mug or whatever. I just don't enjoy it. So I actually think I drink less coffee because when I'm taking care of April in the morning or whatever, I'm not. It's really when I'm at my desk, either working or doing shows is when I drink my drink my coffee. So I think it's stayed similar here. Um. All right, so Higgins goes. So I don't even have to get tempted into the same. I think we're just going to go uh, a high testosterone Start here today. I don't believe I have too many uh, CMC JTs another thing off to check in the best ball uh, hub here, but let's go, let's get all the testosterone flowing.
1: I, I think Taylor's underrated. And so again, uh, this weekend, there's no football news going on guys. So you can see where my brain goes. Uh, Pete, I was watching Anthony Richardson full games from Florida.
0: (laughs) That's the least surprising thing (laughs) I've ever heard.
1: I was also watching some of the insights into how Shane Steichen ran the Philly offense last year and why it was so good. And a lot of that does benefit Jonathan Taylor potentially as well, just how they do send these the line into movements and also the power run game, the RPO game all there. So Taylor to me is one of those guys. We talked about it. He's going to fall because of the nature of people being afraid of a rookie QB, being afraid of that offensive line last year, which was middle of the pack, wasn't as bad as people think, but Taylor to me is just the guy that I think he's in a better situation than people realize. And uh, and my my homework this weekend did not change that. Uh, but I am on the clock here. I get Jefferson and really
0: nothing of healing for me here. Um welcome to hell in a piss boy draft at the back end of the round. I mean, T. Higgins didn't even fall to 20.
1: I am gonna I'm gonna take DK Metcalf because that is what I do when I do feel like receivers thinning out a little bit. Um, I like him a little bit more than Pete does. So I don't love him by any stretch. And I guess Andrews, I'm not going to do my Watson reach because he falls enough. And I don't want to do that today. Um, Though honestly, in this room, he's not going to fall. Ah, fuck it. Christian Watson. Come on. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Pick 25 Christian Watson. I'm the guy ruining Christian Watson's ADP right now. Everybody else could have Dobbs. Pete. I want Watson.
0: Yeah. You and I just approach these spots uh, differently. Um, I just I just refuse to to draft guys that far ahead of it, despite um, being liable to get buried here. But I am going to be receiverless through uh, three rounds here. And meanwhile, I'm receiver rich. So who's really right here would be the question mm. you can ask at home. We shall we shall find out. Um, find out in seven months. I, I'm going to take either Mahomes or Allen. Um, and because it's a little easier to get Allen, uh, we'll do another, uh, Mahomes team here. So we're going to start Patrick Mahomes, CMC, Jonathan Taylor. Again, one of the reasons I like Mahomes in these builds where I'm shut out at wide receiver early is I have so many stacking options late. So I know that, um, I'm going to be behind at wide receiver, but I'm going to have a plethora of options late to help round out that room.
1: Yeah, that, I was thinking of Mahomes too. I was thinking maybe Metcalf and Mahomes before I cemented once again my Minnesota-Green Bay correlation with Watson. I will say though, Pete, I did watch Lowell's with you and Brick. If we're talking about the weather stuff, and it was an interesting listen here talking about, you know, Brian, of course, pulling some of the lines, looking at which lines are jumping out for the playoff guys. Being in that dome for week 17 doesn't feel bad. Two young teams, two defenses that shouldn't be that good. Um, so I can talk myself into the Watson reach when you are only at the one hundred and one. Like anywhere else, I wouldn't do it, but at the one hundred and one, I
0: think I think it makes sense. I think uh, pound for pound, and I think I'm going to make a quick video on this. The Vikings have the best schedule for the fantasy playoffs. They have um, the fifth highest average implied team total weeks fifteen through seventeen. Definitely punching above their weight class, you know, relative to the full season stuff. And then also, like you just mentioned, back to back dome games at home in week 16 and 17. So things set up very nicely uh, for the Vikings this year. Yeah. And I'm also,
1: I just have to plant the flag one more time. Such a big Christian Watson believer. Nothing has changed. And some of the Dobbs stuff too, isn't surprising. I, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but Dobbs was the mm-hmm. one who was traveling to Jordan love and he was the one who was catching passes from basically all off season. Watson did not make those same trips. So you would expect there to be more connection with Dobbs early on at this point, but Watson, every time I saw one of those plays going through my social media feed, him breaking a long slant, him getting a deep ball. I just think they're going to use him very well this year. And uh, I'm, I'm a believer in him being in this DK Metcalf tier in terms of how the season ends. Um, even if obviously ADP wise, they are currently not in that same tier. I, can, we pull
0: up this cope from James Young, getting your guy. Is it reaching? Um, <laughs> It, 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 entire, it doesn't have to be, those aren't mutually exclusive. If you get your guy ahead of ADP, it is by definition reaching James.
1: <laughs> yes. And Yeah. And, and Winks too talked about that where it's like, sorry, I know you're making a pick here, but if you no. take a guy 20 picks ahead of ADP, somebody took him 20 picks after ADP. That's sort of how it works.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see here. I will grab a guy. I don't take a lot. Um, I'll grab Mike Williams.
1: I have no issue with that. So your first receiver off the board, Mike Williams, uh, obviously no early correlations here, but you've gotten some some decent values relative to the room.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess, you know what I could have done there? I could have played it opposite how I did last draft where I did uh, CMC and Debo. I could have done CMC and Iuke. Um, I guess I could have done that, but that would have been a 10 pick reach ahead of ADP. But honestly, I, is there is it that different of a bet, Iuk versus Williams?
1: I don't. I don't think so. Um, mm. Maybe a slightly better team for San Francisco, but yeah, I don't. I don't really mm. think so. Uh, all right, I got Hawkinson here with my first pick. Do I want to keep correlating and take Aaron Jones? That is kind of a piss boy room. I am gonna. No. Ugh. Yeah, I am gonna take Brandon Ayuk here, just because the wide receiver is thinning out. I could have taken Pittman, but I think we all know I probably have enough Pittman at this point.
0: Wow, you passing on Pittman.
1: No, it feels like a betrayal. I get it.
0: Looks like I might get Pittman here.
1: I have no issue with Pittman, man. Pittman is, again, watching those videos about the Philly offense. Pittman might be playing like the Devonta Smith role if the offense is you know close to one-to-one, um, which would obviously, you know, theoretically be a high upside role. So I think Pittman also undervalued like Taylor is.
0: Sure. I'll take Pittman. We got the, uh, the all-Mikes team here. Mike Williams, Michael Pittman.
1: You are also firmly set up, Pete, to be the, the jersey Uh-oh. holder of the day. Taylor and Pittman, you're planting your flag.
0: We'll see. I, I guess, actually, yeah, all the wide receivers will be wiped out by then, so it's not like I'll have uh, any opportunity cost at wide receiver by the time uh, he's on the board. But it's so funny, too. I've been getting comments, spags, and this is, again, one of the differences between my room. So so Anthony Richardson's ADP is 98 I keep getting all these comments. There, people sending me screenshots. I'm getting, you know, Richardson at 105 or 105, 110, that he's falling in draft. Never, never falls in in my room still because there's always at least one person in here that also likes Anthony Richardson. So while his ADP seems to be falling across the sites, uh, it doesn't seem to be happening in my room. So we're still at a standstill there.
1: I I definitely, there's enough sharp people out there who enjoy Richardson. Certainly a lot of people have pushed back. I see it all the time on social media as somebody who who searches Anthony Richardson by the day just to know what the latest news is, there's any fun clips or whatever. Uh, But I think, yeah, right now is the best time. If you are trying to get him to slip, this is going to be it. Um, I think Pete, I think his price right now reflects the uncertainty of him not starting and I think that's why, too, there is going to get higher. And I actually did see Pete in our first draft. You mentioned, like, oh, I need to get some AR shares now because it's going to get crazy. And then you went the complete opposite way because somebody commented in our first draft video was
0: like, oh, this is interesting. And I was like, oh, yeah, you really did walk back your Richardson stance pretty fully. My Richardson stance has always been price. And like I said, I'm in on him at this price. He just, it never, he is, he's a guy that the pocket of the draft he goes into, I just don't end up with him a lot. Um, just the way my drafts flow I've been doing in. And again, I think if I were just drafting 150 off stream, I think I would have way more, but one dynamic that happens in my rooms is these quarterbacks are now ending up being like the best pick for me in the third round. And so then I'm not liking to spend, you know, Patrick Mahomes with Anthony Richardson as much. Um, not that I'm opposed to it, but I don't know. It's a, I do like the price for him now. I think he's a fairly priced when he had screamed up into the sixties. I thought it was ridiculous. Um, and I am still hoping uh, and planning to pack some bags at this better price. And once I do my ADP on him will be very, very good uh, relative to a lot of other people's ADP. Maybe what if
1: you were like also. great in, you know, the first run of training camp and then like, let's say has one preseason game that he looks good. And then he goes, to let's say the sixties, are you chasing him there? But because you, now you have some evidence that he is that guy or, or is there no price where you would chase him even if he does like have like a real I I thing?
0: have literally zero and I think this is with most players. I have zero FOMO on it. Like if if Anthony Richardson became a fourth round pick, I would just say good game, you know, if, if he's the guy you need, then uh I'm not going to have any of him at that price. So yeah, I don't I don't really get FOMO uh on players interesting
1: okay fair enough uh so shout out to the chat our guy jason on vacation right now watching at a rainy day at the beach so all it's it is that time of year guys so if you're on vacation listening to us we appreciate it and of course hey yeah great beach listen i would say so you take addison here okay i like that
0: um oh yeah we're oh sorry were you were you gonna want addison here to set up your uh i i would hate to to snipe you the people tell me they like it should i tell you that my reason for taking addison was to snipe you
1: you should i i wouldn't have minded if he fell but obviously i don't think i need the triple stack i i think it's appealing because it doesn't happen a lot but i don't need it necessarily
0: yeah i wanted to get some youth uh on this team here Ooh. i get
1: madison so that works out okay uh oh what is that how
0: many picks pass adp
1: that was eight picks past. That, eight. I'm, nice. I'm going to Sanders too. I'm just gobbling this up. Two running backs here, but both of them. Sanders, uh, 12 picks after ADP. Madison, eight picks after
0: ADP. That feels pretty good. There you go. Wow. Nice. Uh, yeah, the, the room now scooping up all this running back value. Madison, Sanders, Pierce, uh, all off the board with these three picks.
1: Also, uh, the Watson thing, just to push back on what we were talking about earlier. I do see a tweet from Fantasy Football Garage that popped up during the stream. Uh, he took Watson at fifty-one in a draft that we're doing on right now. So that shows live in real time here. I took Watson at twenty-five. Somebody took Watson at fifty. Um, so that's also why, even if you love the guy, even if he runs a four-two and whatever, um, it isn't necessarily plus EV to take those guys ahead of ADP.
0: Um, all right, that this uh, get to just draft the same team twice today. Uh, I was going to happily grab Quentin Johnson or Gabe Davis. Both of those guys go. Uh, so we'll grab Elijah Moore.
1: I think. Uh, yeah, this, the r- wide receiver area dried up pretty fast. So I, I feel good about my allotment of capital there. And um, I think this team's going to be unique just because of the, the Sanders falling, the Madison falling, and then reaching for Watson.
0: See, you're finally coming around with me. Like you use these rooms to get guys that like, what? what's your Sanders exposure? You have to have extremely little Sanders.
1: I don't have a ton of Sanders. I am yeah. at, I know 13%. So I'm, I'm Holy a cow.
0: That shocks me. Have you, have you been like just Sanders, getting though. dips on him? Or you've been um, taking him at ADP? I've
1: been taking him at some dips. I don't know what the ADP number is, though. I, Pete, actually mentioned on Friday the, the Fantasy Life Best Ball Hub tool. Really good, cool to see, if, especially for a free tool, because um, you could see then what your ADPs are. And, you know, Spike Week does that as well. Some of the other ones out there do that. But for free, like you really can't do any better than that. I think I've been getting Sanders a little bit cheaper, if I'm recalling correctly. But, you know, like I think he's a solid play. I think people are down on the Carolina thing, but that team is going to be competent, had a good defense last year. So, I don't mind Sanders, but I, I don't want to get more than like
0: 16%. Yeah, he's just uh he falls into a very uh dicey range for me, just of his ADP relative to Chubas, the opportunity cost of where the wide receivers are going. But I have no problem grabbing him when he falls out of that range. Like you were able to get him at 73, but when he was going. What, when BBM opened, someone correct me if I was wrong, wasn't he like 53 or 54 ADP, like mm-hmm. right in smack dab in the middle of the fifth round? So very big difference in a, a fifth round pick or a seventh round pick there.
1: You see, like no Sanders for me. I mean, one of the only guys who got a decent contract at running back for a team that's invested in him and said, so far, they're going to use him on third downs more. Like, I, you know, I get taking Chuba, I take a lot of Chuba as well, uh, but I do think that I don't know. I I think people have a blind spot for Sanders and he was actually like very good last year though. Hard not to be good when you're on Philly and you are scoring touchdowns, you know, four or five touchdowns a game.
0: Yeah. He just, I'm just going to be light on all of those running backs in the, in the round four or five, uh, range there. And I like Chuba so much. So that's, that's pushing, uh, me away from him a good bit.
1: So if we are running a a classic zero RB build, you know, isn't that supposed to be, you do start taking running backs around six, ideally.
0: Um, yeah, for sure. I just think the reason he falls as a prototypical dead zone back is because he's there strictly on projectable volume and he's getting projected as if he's going to be a full blown workhorse. And I, I just push back on that and think that Chuba is going to have a pretty big standalone role. As well. And it's not that they both even couldn't pay that off because last year the Panthers ran the ball a ton. Both Chuba and Deontay Foreman um both had really good seasons. They were even mixing in uh Raheem Blackshear, who was like having some big plays in that offense. So I think they both could pay off ADP if if the Panthers are are better than expected.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a chance they could be. I mean, the South shouldn't be good this year. Obviously, losing Tom Brady was a big part of it, though the Panthers were in the hunt to win the South last year, even with Brady playing. So I think that's certainly something to keep in mind, but you're on the clock and you take the Sean Watson, who is nice value at 92.
0: Yeah. You know, this is one of those things. All the wide receivers are wiped out. I'm not going to reach for them there. I'm just going to continue to take care of other positions. And then we will, we saved our pissing for the back half of this draft.
1: Trevor Lawrence at 87, by the way, there are some people on social media. There's a guy who I like, uh, I think his name's Tyler who created a best ball handle or whatever and has been tweeting me about Trevor Lawrence or tweeting in general about Trevor Lawrence a lot. This is why you don't reach a Trevor Lawrence, like 25 picks after ADP. And that happens regularly.
0: Yeah. How, it's so weird how that stuff works though, too, where it's like, I see that happen in my rooms and then like the ADP actually doesn't budge a ton. So there are still rooms where people are taking him regularly at ADP, if not ahead. But it does seem like in sharp rooms, he's uh he falls.
1: All right, I'm increasing my, my Minnesota green Bay bet here. Would like to get another receiver, but God, I guess did I just take Jameson Williams. I mean, Williams makes sense for this kind of build.
0: Spag's not even considering Anthony Richardson at ADP with no quarterbacks on its roster.
1: No, I'm not. I, I'm worried about the cousins part of it, that somebody might take him, but I feel like it's worth just seeing if he'll roll back to me. But yeah, no, no AR for me. I, I have so much, Pete, like I have 33%. That number's not coming down. I just am keeping it 25 to 33, and that feels good.
0: In specs, this is actually a very good example of a room where I would have been happy to select Anthony Richardson here at pick 101. Um, But the best value, so the wide receivers got wiped out. The running backs got wiped out. And so then I had the faller on Deshaun Watson, 10 picks past AP. And now I'm boxed out of Richardson. Um, I am going to go ahead and grab Najoku though, and that'll give me the, uh, the double stack with Watson, Elijah Moore, Najoku, and, uh, help me kind of take the better pick in this range, uh, as we roll up our sleeves to take wide receivers here, but man, quarterbacks kind of slipping again Mm. in this, in this room, someone's going to get a nice, nice value on Richardson. That's
1: why too, the Trevor Lawrence thing, like this guy doesn't even have any Jags. So it's, it's interesting to see that, that. He got Lawrence at eighty seven, just because I guess he felt like he shouldn't fall any further. Um, but yeah, I think this is a room. You might get Richardson at one seventeen. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it for you. I I, want but you to I'm not. There.
0: I'm not. I'm not taking three quarterbacks. I'm. I'm done with Mahomes. Oh, <laughs> I
1: forgot you took the early Mahomes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Never mind. Oh, tough one. Tough to lose well, out that,
0: on AR. You know, I'll. Uh, I'll survive. You hope.
1: Did the, did the brick stuff give you any pause at all about AR? Just like the fact that they are one of the teams that have the Vegas totals higher in all indoor games for More all- More pause?
0: I have like 2%. <laughs> it, is, it is an interesting- Well, we were kind of talking about it, how you have two competing factors. Like mm. the environment for their playoff schedule is awesome. You know, like three dome games with that, that's a huge boost. But then the Vegas team totals are saying, hey, we do not project this team to score a lot of points. The flip side is- the way Anthony Richardson scores points, and this is here's me making a case for your guy is he is going to do it a ton on the ground, almost like the bears, like the bears weren't a super high scoring offense last year, but if he's running for 75 yards a game, like you're going to still have nice fantasy scores, but it does. I think, I think where it should give you pause spags is maybe on overstacking the Colts offense, right? Like if you're taking four pieces, five pieces from a team that has, one of the lowest averaged implied team totals across 15 through 17, maybe that's where it starts to get dicey.
1: Yeah, I think the fun part of the bet for me is betting that he's just going to be better than people assume and that the passing game will be better. And again, if you watch some of the highlights from him in college, I know people always go, oh, well, my friend who watched all the Georgia games says he sucked. Like, yeah, he had a tough game against Georgia. Pretty much everybody playing Georgia did last year. But in general, like the way he moves the pocket, the way that he he, fucking this guy Pearsall last year, who was a garbage receiver, who looks like a star, who looks like a world beater because AR started 60 yard bombs where he's like just getting him open um i think that's the stuff that i find appealing with him but i certainly get it and I, i've talked enough about ar but i encourage you guys check out the friday stream of me really really talked about ar basically for an hour and having carte blanche to do it
0: pete under the context of spag stacks was the um was the chat did they kind of just have their lighters out like that they were <laughs> just watching you know uh tom petty at a concert just playing the hits just spags Keep going on court. You you left center stage, came back, talked a little bit more about Anthony Richardson. Well, here's a little
1: anecdote about AR.
0: <laughs> Did you know he wanted to be a
1: fireman back in the day? <laughs> but no, I, I do think that was part of it. I was basically talking about like, you know, the, the meta game of it, where if he's not good right away, the media's gonna cover his ass too, because he seems like a really nice guy as well. Uh, but no, I definitely did my, my deep dive on AR on that one. So I'll spare people any further here, but I, I'm excited. I, this is a fun part of year, Pete, where your imagination can really run wild.
0: It really can. Um, all right, I'm going to go ahead. This could, I might, I don't know if I'll, this room will, if I'll end up doing, a a four running back room. I think if, if P Ryan fell like a CMC JTP Ryan, and then a fourth guy, maybe I could have gotten away with a four running back room. Um, I'm still probably looking at a four or five. I did just add a, a chain here to CMC and Taylor. I
1: think Hayden, uh, not to mention this is not the Hayden social media report show, but of course our guy Hayden winks over at underdog. Uh, he pushed back pretty hard in a tweet. I saw this morning about a chain and like him not being worth the ADP. And I just didn't agree with one with that one that much. Um wait
0: what was uh I missed this one. Uh, just that chains
1: projection doesn't justify his ADP and like, like I think he's got a very anti
0: uh, chain stand. Well that's again this is this is why projections are so hard at one capturing rookies, two capturing ambiguous backfields. There's a reason why three backs from one of the better offenses in football all go after pick 115 because the market's just shrugging. Projections have a really hard time um capturing contingent upside with running backs. Like obviously the, the A-chain projection would massively change if Moster was hurt. How do you capture that? How do you capture if A-chain rides the bench for the first eight weeks of the season, but then has his role expand the last eight weeks? How do you capture that? You know, ETR and Leone, they, they add an upside premium to their, their picks there. Um, I need to figure out what I'm doing here and then I'll make my pick um, duh, 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 duh. let's see, we're going to grab, uh, we'll grab Romeo Dobbs, a little mini correlation there with Addison. Where, where did Sky Moore go in here? Was was I ever in contention? Oh, I would have had to have taken him at 107. Where I took no, 107. Um, I'm happy to let Sky go at that price. Um, I was just going to say, so like one thing that I know ETR does is they, and Leone does this with his DFS projections too. They do have an upside element to their projection to help kind of tilt things in favor of the typical profiles that surge down the stretch. Um, so yeah, if you look at any base level projections for the, for a chain, it's going to look bad in the same way. If you do any base level projections for any of the bears running backs, it's going to look bad because most people are just going to divvy it up three ways, shrug their shoulders and move on. But the contingent outcomes legitimate have league winning upside that you can't draft off of base projections. You have to be thinking about contingent and upside and what points of the season players actually get their production. And if there's one cohort of players that typically surge down the stretch and there's data that backs this up, there's a really good chart from Jack Miller. It is rookie running backs continue to see their production increase as the season progresses. So an offense like Miami um, that's very concentrated, that produces a lot of running back points Man, uh, I love all of the Miami running backs, but uh, A chain is a fine pick at ADP.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that he landed in Miami too, like I guess people might be afraid of the Dalvin Cook part of it. I just don't think that's where Dalvin Cook goes. Um, they played a little coy with how they've given media quotes. Mike Daniels saying like, "Oh, I'm not. I wasn't born yesterday. I'm not going to talk about it." But I just don't think Cook makes sense for them. So when you account for that and you take that out of the equation, um, like A chain guy had volume in college. Guy is a burner and is the tremendous straight line speed. Like the Mostert comp is so strong, just because that's exactly what Mostert was, and they ended up using him even more than Mostert had been used historically. So I still love A chain, but it is interesting. It's like I'm curious if he falls a little bit further. I, I don't know what he would fall to. Maybe the Jalen Warren range, and if so, I would probably scoop him up every time.
0: Yeah, and you know. People talk a lot about his weight. I know Anomaly's mentioning that in the chat. There aren't a lot of comps, you know, for, for guys his size. And that sometimes is actually a bonus, right? It's more when there's a lot of comps for players his size that that haven't succeeded. But he is he is, if you think more critically about the way that offense works, how it's like a one cut run to daylight, you know seeing we know that that Shanahan offense is so good at doing it we've seen him do it with literally a similar track level star like Raheem Mostert they basically just drafted the younger sexier version of that and i think it could be bumpy for a chain out of the gate like if a chain's only getting a couple gimmick touches out of the gate for the first few weeks that would not shock me um whatsoever but you're playing a different game when you draft a chain you're playing a longer game
1: yeah, no, I agree. I, I like, and I was, he was not a guy I was in love with in the pre-draft evaluation process, but sometimes guys land in the perfect spot and then you see the positives a little bit more. I'm um, like, I wish he had a higher avoided tackle rate, only had a 20% avoided tackle rate in college, which is not great for a guy who is on the smaller side, but you get Miami, there's going to be some touchdowns to go around.
0: Um, God, this, uh, this board is just so fucking gross. It's really, really gross. One of the grossest spots I've ever seen in a draft. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay on theme here about uh, projections, about contingent upside, about ambiguous backfields. I'm going to scroll a little bit down and grab Roshan Johnson as my fourth running back here, a bit ahead of ADP because this board is just vomit inducing.
1: Roshan, another guy who had a good mini camp apparently, uh, looking pretty good so far. And they're talking about him having a role from day one. So uh, maybe he does get the Algier treatment and doesn't get there right away, but still definitely going to be in the hunt. Um, okay. So I have. Kincaid here. I feel like this is a good spot to take him falling 20 picks past ADP. So no issue with that. And then man, I have Christian Watson and I have AJ Dillon. I don't, I don't care as much Pete about the week 17 QB correlation. I am going to go that way.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that's bad. And the other thing, again, both Minnesota and green Bay have really uh, nice schedules. Um, I, I I personally don't mind it is is it like, if you're reaching way ahead of ADP to do it, then it's kind of starting to be like, okay, that's another knock if you're doing like negative boosts, but you got cousins, 10 picks after ADP, you got love just slightly ahead of ADP. It seems fine.
1: And I think too, it's also like, it's not great if you don't believe in the two teams, but I believe in Minnesota and green Bay. So I don't mind it, but who do you believe in here?
0: I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take one more running back and be done here. I am gonna grab the guy you took last draft. You did a similar Deshaun Watson uh, correlation. We're gonna grab uh, Jerome Ford and build out this big uh, Cleveland bet.
1: Uh, Jerome, remember when Jerome Ford was free in the 18th
0: round, and now he's in the top 150. Yeah, and you know the thing too, and I think Karain articulated this well. I don't know if it was in a post or on a podcast or whatever, but. When you when you think there are guys where you start to need to be worried about the cost you've spent on them, but if you think about your draft budget as auction dollars, and say you were getting Jerome Ford in the 18th round, that's like a dollar. If you're getting him at 13.5, pick 150, you maybe spent two or three dollars. It's not a huge jump. The difference is when you take a guy who you were getting in the 13th for two to three dollars, and then you take that guy in the fifth, and then you're spending, you know. $14 $15 $14 $15 of your auction budget on it, so I don't really worry as much. Same with my guys like Mims and Taekwon Thornton, who I draft a lot. I'm just not as worried about um chasing those guys up 20 30 picks or whatever.
1: Yeah, I would agree, and it's you know just a different equation at this point of the game, too. Like, I, I don't I don't know. I'd probably get a little more FOMO than you do with that stuff. Just because I, I think one of the one advantage that we have is both the information uh, fire hose that Pete and I start pretty early in the process, but also just, you know, drafting earlier on, but that said, you know, Jerome Ford is still a good player to me as there's, there's come a point where he maybe is not as good of a draft pick. Um, I guess if he went to like the, the chain P Ryan range, he's probably not quite as good, but still in the one fifties, I feel like there's probably still a bit of juice to squeeze out of the value of Jerome Ford.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. And, I wonder, you know, I I, I don't know where it was. I talking about this on Best Ball Breakfast. I feel like his ceiling for ADP is still like up where Jalen Warren is going. The reason Jalen Warren's always going to go higher is because we can tell ourselves a story that he's going to have more standalone value than, uh, than Jerome Ford. And there's like a legitimate chance. It shouldn't shock anyone if by week eight, you know, Jalen Warren has flipped Najee Harris. I know that's not the most likely thing, but it wouldn't shock me. Whereas there's no way that Jerome Ford is stealing away uh, Nick Chubb's work from him. (laughs) Jerome Ford is not cucking Nick Chubb in the way that Jalen Warren could absolutely cuck Najee Harris.
1: Jaden Reed goes, would have liked if he fell to me, but it does feel like we're on a bit of a receiver run. Uh, Go cards. asking, what late rounds are considered $1, 15 and later? I I think that feels about right to me, Pete.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's, I think actually you could look at some of, um, you know how Leone with his best ball manifesto and has the bucket value and he's basically mm. assigning a numerical value to each pick. You could probably convert those to dollar formats and we could actually find the exact answer. But yeah, just uh back of the napkin, that sounds about right to me.
1: I guess what that's what that uh John Boy Beats draft caddy tool yep. thing does, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, lots of cool tools out there. Um Coming out of the Deposit Kingdom, John Boy has his sheet that looks at the buckets. Um, my guy Easy uh, just put out a spreadsheet correlation tool that manually boosts um, players' projections based on um, the players you've taken previously, which is essentially what Bricks Auto Draft Caddy was doing before uh, before it got shot down. So this is basically the spreadsheet version of that. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of great tools out there right now if you want something by your side while drafting.
1: And you get Curtis Samuel there for your Niners bring back? Yeah.
0: Yes, it honestly, I wasn't even thinking. I was just like, I need to start taking wide receivers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whenever you could start a run with Curtis Samuel, how could you go wrong? This This was a tough receiver room because I... Like you could talk me into Shahid, Jalen Reed or Jalen Reed, Um, Curtis Samuel. I know we talked about recently. This is a pretty big teardrop after Samuel, though, when you can make the
0: case. Yeah, I mean, this this entire stretch of the draft is just a a complete wasteland.
1: Yeah, and Mechie's still on the board. All right, let's see what we do here. Uh, Got a two, three, six, two. Nobody's going to be good for me at pass catcher. Uh, I'm gonna take Mostert here just for the value, so that'll be another running back in. I'm um, hmm. gonna do wait two four six two. I guess um, hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna do Tye
0: here. Uh, I want to hear you talk about. I just want to answer this question from H Play. If you're doing only one draft, would you reach around for players you want? Absolutely. If like so much of this stuff for me is playing a large portfolio of drafts. If I was only doing one draft, you think I'm like walking away with James Connor to be my one guy I'm sweating all year? No, I'm going to fucking reach and grab the players I want to root for on my one team. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. I got, um, we got a big faller with Gerald Everett right now. Um, and I have a little bet on Mike Williams with the Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and grab him. I might have to do a three tight end build, two fives, but I'm going to grab that ADP value.
1: Yeah, and I think too, you know, would you agree, Pete, that if you are you know drafting that single team, like I think you're still trying to keep it within a 12 pick range or so, ideally, right? Like you're not going crazy, crazy, but you still want to get your guys.
0: The the value of the tool of of the easy tool and understanding correlation is having a quantitative way to understand the bonus of the boost. That's what it's really helpful. And then in the same way, you know, we think about correlation of like, like a really good example from Easy's tool. And I think he's mentioned this one is when you take Tyreek Hill, um, the value of Tua goes from like an ADP of hundred to 60. You're not taking Tua at pick 60. It's knowing that he now becomes way more important for your team than any other team in that draft. And so then you're trying to triangulate it. I would say where you can sometimes, where it might trip you up is like sometimes the two a drafter can get to a what 10 picks past ADP. And if you're using the tool and you see, holy shit, he's a sixth round value for my Tyree kill team, it might force you to reach a little bit more. But what I think it's really useful for is understanding quantitatively how big of a boost those correlations actually are, and easy is back tested. Um, a lot of that to look at positional pairings and how much that stuff is worth. So I think it's a really awesome thing to have up while you're drafting and use it to star your players, your correlations and know like, Oh, this correlation boost between this running back and tight end is only marginal. I'm not going to go out of my way to get it, but Holy cow, this to a boost, I'm not going to risk him coming back another 15 picks, stuff like that.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a good guidepost. I would think to have more than anything doesn't mean you take him in the sixth round, but it does mean this is where it's valued. So I'll take him as soon as I can within reason and not risk him getting blown up. So I think that makes sense. Um, but shouts to the chat as well. Shouts out to everybody hanging out here. Make sure to subscribe to the channel while Pete's on his march to 15,000. Splash play is on a march to 3,000 here. And when we hit both of those goals, we will have a special drunken episode here on the channel that Pete's committed to. So now I'm not letting him back out. So get us to 3,000 subs. I think we need about 800 more on here. So a little bit of a journey guys, but we appreciate everybody who joins along for the ride here, of course on splash play where we do fantasy football all year round. The, the fun never stops Pete.
0: It truly never stops around here Spags. It's just, Just a ball of fun all the time.
1: (laughs) It's a constant ball of fun. I, I'm refreshing athletic articles every day. I'm ready. I'm doing everything we can to be ready in this full year mindset. I I watched highlights of Anthony Richardson. Like I I can't be more prepared.
0: I mean, I need to start. I need to start grinding some highlight film. That's for sure.
1: The, The highlights though. The issue is like the highlights are always good, but when you watch a full game, it's like, okay, now I get a better read for some of the flaws. I like the film room breakdown, guys, too. like I've actually found a few nice film room channels. I don't like it informs my draft process necessarily because I, I still believe in the data more so. But I like watching film guys talk about film, even if it doesn't necessarily help a ton. Yeah. You got the, Justin um, Ross. You are addicted to Justin Ross.
0: No, I mean, it, it really is. So you take Patrick Mahomes... Um in the third, uh, Sky Moore goes at 107, every other one. And in this room, um, there's no way I want to leave without. And this is exactly why I did it. TM Longayer takes Richie James, 191. Um, 14. So, like I will spags. There's one thing I am the best in the planet at, and it is drafting in my own rooms. I know when these guys are going to take the players, and that I could not risk um having no Chiefs come back to me here.
1: And I'm still going to take a sixth running back here. So two, six, six, two build for me. Uh I have two tight ends. Don't need a, th- I do need a third because of the bye weeks potentially. Um, I'm going to take Darius Slayton here. Just get one more receiver in, give me my seventh guy. And Slayton, I think still has some upside, but this is a unique receiver build for me. I don't take Gallup often, and I definitely don't reach for Slayton in the 17th very often.
0: Um, well, normally rooms aren't as drunk as this one and you don't have to reach <laughs> for Darius Slayton.
1: Yeah, that is definitely <laughs> true. Uh, Slayton though, apparently a downfield passing offense is what the giants are working yeah. on. So should yeah. benefit Slayton. Hopefully.
0: Neil wants me to take Noah Gray. Maybe is this finally the room I take Noah Gray? Uh, I do need, you know, I got the bye week bros. We're going to grab a, Another just one of the very few wide receivers that I can like squint and tell myself a story with here. Tutu Atwell. Maybe I'll maybe I'll draft Noah Gray for the for the Grayheads in this team. This would be the the one team where it makes sense. Double bye week at tight end. A single stack with Mahomes. So I I dare someone to take Noah Gray. Someone for the bit take Noah Gray.
1: <laughs> would you even you wouldn't tilt at this point to lose out on Noah Gray? That's not even Tyler Conklin level.
0: No, I'll just take Michael Mayer or Trey McBride or any other of the tight ends. But I, I will, I'll take, I'll take Noah Gray for the Wolves here.
1: That actually is a good question. Like, what is the tier break for you where you would take Noah Gray? Because I think Mayer's better over the course of a year. I think McBride is Musgrave, but like, would
0: you take Noah Gray just because you don't have the stack partners from Holmes? This goes completely back to what our conversation, like Noah Gray, raw projections, that I'm not even a Noah Gray guy. Like I, the fact that I'm even considering this, but again, it's a completely contingent play, right? You're just saying if Travis Kelsey gets hurt, where does no, like here, here's a quote. I'll, I'll toss it back to you. If Travis Kelsey tore his ACL today and let's say they don't trade for anyone or do anything else, where do you think Noah Gray's ADP ends up?
1: Oh boy. What do you, he would be a top 100 player probably just because of the role.
0: That seems high to me. I, I would say maybe in like the Chig, Chig range, like one hundred and forty or something.
1: So, I mean, I, I agree with that, but I think the public would be like, "He's Travis. Yeah. K- he looks like him. He's, he's Travis Kelsey." Yeah, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's somewhere one hundred to one hundred and fifty. Let's say if we're going to give it like a pretty, pretty wide breath.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this is the stuff where it's it's hard to decide. Like, I I think I'll probably just take. Um, like Michael Mayer, so he's yeah. correlated with my indie Michael Pittman thing. Um, this also feels like a team where I should have nine wide receivers, though, honestly. But the other the other pick I could make here would be Cedric Tillman and just really kind of like onslaught in this um this bet I have on the Browns. You know, I, I had four picks, four wide receiver picks in the top eighty. And then five, six, this, this room is very light for me. I think wide receiver firepower. Um, So I'm really kind of weighing right now correlation stuff. My, my decision right now is between Michael Mayer as a third tight end or Cedric Tillman wide receiver nine correlated with Deshaun Watson. And I think, I think I need more upside at wide receiver right now. If this team's going to have any chance, um, I'm gonna need some late breaking season upside. Probably I'm already to get hurt. Sorry to your guy. Um, so I'm gonna just go go Tillman here to get to nine wide receivers.
1: Okay. So no sorry, Noah Gray fans. You want to make an
0: apology to
1: Noah Gray fans?
0: Yes, I you know, I I have to apologize to Noah Gray Nation. Um, I'm constantly letting them down.
1: You should have taken John Ross for the Mahomes correlation. <laughs> if the two Ross
0: then there's a there's a limit to this.
1: Yeah, that is quite the receiver room. I I think my receivers are better than yours, but like I did fall off the of cliff with after honestly after Auk, uh, Jameson Williams is okay, but really not a fifth receiver I would normally go for. Yeah. Um, all right, Sorry, I will get Musgrave here.
0: I I've been starting to mix in Musgrave a little bit on my on my uh Jordan Love teams.
1: you yeah, not fundamentally a three tight end build, but I do have the two bye weeks there, so let's wait, take it right. Yeah, I drafted it. Okay, let's read our final teams here. Let me pull up the completed tab. Go that way. All right, Pete, give the people a good reading here of your final team. I won't I won't bid it up because I do think you – I think these were two good drafts. We didn't really have the second draft fall off of a cliff.
0: Yeah, uh, I – this draft um, sucked um, – it's fine, but I mean, my this is probably one of my weaker wide receiver rooms, uh, but my quarterbacks are good. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. My running backs are good. CMC JT, A-Chang, Roshan Johnson, Jerome Ford. Wide receivers, uh, we did get to nine, but a lot of suspect profiles here. Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, Jordan Addison, Elijah Moore, Romeo Dobbs, Curtis Samuel, Justin Ross, Tutu Atwell, Cedric Tillman. Only got the skinny stack with Patrick Mahomes because someone decided to take Richie James, unstacked, uh, 30 picks ahead of ADP. And then my tight ends, David Njoku and Gerald Everett. So not only was this a gross draft, I couldn't even manage to get two tight ends without the same bye week Um, just some classic piss boy splash play. Why am I streaming all my drafts draft?
1: It is one of those things though, where would Noah Gray have gotten you points in week five? Pretty unlikely.
0: That is a good point too. And that's like, that happened when, um, I took Baker on the Soulcast cast as a third quarterback. Cause I had two guys with the same and the the two quarterbacks had a week ten buy, and it's like, is Baker even going to be the starter by by week ten?
1: Yes, Kyle Trask or trade for Trey Lance. Season my team at QB do have the double QBs from the same game, but as we talked about, don't mind as much in the course of uh, if you believe in these teams over an entire regular season. So Kirk Cousins, Jordan Love at QB, running back Madison, Miles Sanders, both really nice discounts. AJ Dillon, Raheem Mostert, Tyje Spears, Chase Brown. Probably didn't need a sixth running back, but I took it. A receiver, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Christian Watson, Brandon Auk, Jameson Williams, Michael Gallup, Darius Slayton, and then a tight end, a three tight end build with Hawkinson, Kincaid, and Musgrave, which a build Pete that I would have probably made back in February for us.
0: Where did uh where did uh you get uh Kincaid? 144. So. that's that's finally like that. Feels like a much, much better ADP for Kincaid. I mean, you got him what, 20 picks past ADP? Yeah, uh, it's sixteen-ish.
1: Yeah, so yeah, not too bad. Or no, not yeah. bad,
0: not bad at all. But unfortunately, you drafted two quarterbacks who play in the same game <laughs> in week seventeen. So you're dead.
1: So it's over for me, guys. But it's not over for you here on Splash Play. Of course, subscribe down below. Make sure to leave a comment as well once this stream ends because Pete, you are giving away fifteen hundred dollars to three different folks.
0: Yes, leave a comment on this stream immediately following. That'll get you an entry. You can go back. I have a playlist on my YouTube channel with all of my stream drafts. So it's very easy. It includes any of the splash play drafts, any of the swole cash ship chasing, any of the guest spots I do. You will be able to find that there. Leave comments. Uh every couple of days, someone new goes back through and watches and leaves comments on all of the old drafts. So the funny thing though is bags. now, you know, I, I respond to all the comments when people respond to the most recent ones. I know exactly what happened. I remember the draft. People are now responding to drafts from like mid-May. They're like, uh, why did you do that? I'm like, I literally don't even remember that draft. And Lord knows I'm not going back and watching it. So if you're commenting on old drafts, um, I probably am not going to remember it.
1: Yeah, those are the ones, Pete, where if it's an old draft, I just hard it now. Like, I'm like, I can't. I don't know what <laughs> happened here. I don't know what, I don't know the context. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but we do reply to all of them. And I think it's been good. I feel like we're like, it feels nice to talk to the people that are sometimes in chat or just leaving a comment. Like, I feel like it's how you build community, right? Hopefully.
0: I think so. Although the way these guys keep sniping me, I don't know if I want them in my community anymore.
1: Speaking of shouts to the guys like Jeremiah here, fun drafting with you guys. Seems like we had a couple people, Sam, I think he was Sam Dole in there. So we got some new names drafting with us and we'd appreciate everybody coming along for the ride and you should come along for the ride. Subscribe here. Of course, 3,000 subs for Splash Play is the goal. 15,000 repeats the goal as well. And once we do, the drunken show will happen. That is a promise here on Splash Play. And of course, if you are new and you are not uh, familiar with the world of gambling, please heed that information down below. But if you are feeling good about your gambling approach, use the promo code SPLASH to double your deposit up to $100. Bucks on underdog, the most fun platform to play on. That much we will swear by. Follow Pete at Peter Overset. Follow me at Chris Spaggs. Follow this show at splash Play Pod. And uh Pete, you're gonna be in office hours coming up next. That's right.
0: Uh at uh 3:30 p.m., you can catch me there. And then 4 30 uh on the club talking with Dink. We are gonna talk a little best with him, a little NBA, but Dink is in the in the high stakes best ball streets. We'll see if he has any fun insights if you want to hear what he's been up to.
1: You can catch me back on here on Friday, Spag Stacks. We'll spin the wheel, draft some more teams, and one of them will hopefully be good, and one of them will likely be bad based upon how it's gone most recently. But we appreciate all you guys hanging out with us. We'll see you guys again soon. Happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out there. See you guys. Bye.